Hey, who's starting who up tonight, Yogi? Ah, <laughs> welcome, Craig. How are you? Oh, mate. Living, the, living the dream. Up, he says. Start yeah. me up. We're going to start it. Yeah. Going to happen. Going to? Going to go? Who's going to go tonight? I don't know. Welcome, Mike Williams. Are you well, my friend? I am. I am well. I'm just sort of out here uh, having a bit of a go. I'm just about to go and see if I'm going to get invited in to have a chat to my Kulak, so... That might oh, be instructive. All right, eh? They're, yeah. they're, they're talking to us good folk tonight, are they? Apparently they are, yeah. So oh, someone, just, uh, someone just yelled out, I've just turned the UHF off because it might get a little bit fruity here shortly. Mm. There's, a, there's a little bit of banter going on on the UHF tonight for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Probably because yeah. someone's at Kulak. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay, because if you get pulled in there, you know, just put a smile on your face and know that you're feeling a little bit special. I'm good, mate. I've, uh, I've got the uh, electronic logbooks all right, so I don't have to worry about that. My weights are all right. Don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, still worry, though, don't you? Eh? You still worry. Right. You, wonder what they, you wonder what they might... Come up with well, I know one thing, but I'm not getting a logbook tonight, so you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been the principal area of concern back in the day. You might have fucked something up, but it, it's, it's funny though, isn't it? You can be cruising along doing nothing wrong, and yeah. that anxiety level can increase just because you're coming up to it, and that's a little bit sad in a way, isn't it? That, that Something like that is making people feel like that. Um, well, I suppose it's no different to a, a uh, work cover inspector walking into a premises or whatever. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah, well, do you know, yeah. Do you know the, the the good thing about running the west and hashtag only the best run west. You like that boy splitting there, nice and smooth as can be. Is uh, as soon as you get to the border, is that it's it's actually really. It's a relief to yep. go across the border. Yeah. Yep. For a few yeah. years there, it was actually a more of a challenge to get into our border. But it was. <laughs> but lately, it's been a going back to being a relief. We all know it. Anyone that runs west from WA, you all know it, and we all do it, and it's just a relief yeah. as soon as you cross that border. You just go right over. So, back to trucking. So, Yogi, you're saying that yeah. only the best run in the west... We just we just had a little conversation there off air, and mm-hmm. about the way some some customers talk to you. Now, you've been spoken to by a customer today that I think we should all really strive <laughs> to achieve. <laughs> right, right, I've got. I do a lot of work for Phoenix Shed Builders out here in the west, and we end up moving the shed buildings. Right, so yeah. Phoenix Great Company, you need a shed gimmering. Right, there's a nice little plug for them there. Right. Now, I've, got a, I've been dealing with this one shed builder for like four or five years. And he texted me, I'm finished tomorrow. I said, what time, bud? He said, I'll finish around nine-ish. I said, right, I'll see you around ten. And his reply, copy, you sexy thing, <laughs> is what he replied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dear, oh, dear. I sent him a pair of googly eyes back and blew him a kiss, and then I'll see him tomorrow about ten-ish. Unbelievable! Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> good, good people. Yeah. So this um, losing a bit of weight and going for a walk, Gaggy, must be working for you. Hey, have a guess. 
Have a guess how many kilometres I walked today. Eleven. You dog. (laughs) 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 How close was that? That was bang on the money. I'm not talking to you anymore. I walked 11 k. You blew me, buddy. You spoiled it. Buddy, spoiler alert. All right, hang on. Hang on. We'll go back. Look out, look out, look out, look out, look out. We'll go back. The the rig of the month just went past going the other way. Oh, I seen the rig of the month yesterday. (laughs) The Renko Renko rig of the month just went past going south. I'm not even lying. Right. Oh, the November really? Renko Rig of the Month just went southbound. Well, there you go. Oh. And Mikey's not a lion. So there you go. Hey? And Mike's no, not a lion. Not. Yeah, no lion. So that's good. Yeah. So back to this, Yogi. I'll, I'll change Sorry. my answer to three. No, three. you're way off the money, and we're not doing it. Anyway, 11. Right. Move right. on. Right. I'm well, I'm doing it today. I walked 11 kilometres today. Have you? That's, yeah. that's pretty good. I, I, I went for an 11k walk. Like, I actually went, I didn't walk around the house and kicking stones because I'm not working and having a day at home, which was unplanned. I actually walked for 11k. Unbelievable. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like I can have one day in the bank then. I don't have to go for a walk one day this week. Mm. <laughs> I know. Is that how it works? Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure that it works that way, actually, but anyway, it doesn't matter. So how's, how's the calorie counting going? Uh, yeah, going really well. So I was just adding up a few little calories in, and uh, yeah, not too bad. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. It gives me well, so that eleven k walk gives me another thousand calories if that if that puts it into perspective. Really? So you can go eleven k walk and then go home and have a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, or three KFC strips is about a thousand calories. Yeah. Or eleven stubbies. <laughs> or nah, you'll probably get ten. Ten. So we're not yeah, going to export hundred and twenty. Right, so you've got a okay, I was thinking if you know for every K you get a stubby, it's not quite point nine. Not quite point nine, yeah. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that actually makes really good sense. Mm. So if you wanna if you wanna have a binge on Friday night yeah. You've got to have yeah. a 15-kilometre walk. Come walk on. To the, walk to the pub. Well, if you walk to the pub and then walk home, does that does that all count? <laughs> I, went, I, went, I remember going to the pub in a few years ago down in Albany at a hockey carnival or something. Went down there with a couple of farmers, and they run back to the motel. They went to the pub, and they drank all day, and then they actually run back to the motel. Really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, sad, sad, sad individuals. <laughs> fit as fit individuals. Super oh. fit. I mean, next one. Really? Good dude. Yeah, it is really. For sure. Oh, no, I'm going really to some bloke that's just overtaken me. Oh. Well, that's what happens. You're on the concrete jungle. Mm. It's a two lane highway. You'll be right. Uh, yeah, yeah well, we come around a, we're coming around to Cool Lake and it says heavy vehicles must use the left hand lane, right? No, oh, you're right, eh? All right. Right. And someone decided that he's more important than everyone else, and he doesn't need to slow down. And so he's right. got out in the right hand lane and just sailed past three of us. Cool. Under, uh, under the camera. Yeah. Yep. Ah, good on him. Good on him. <laughs> sure. Uh, is he in the left lane now? He is in the left lane now. Yeah. Oh, he might might avoid a, a letter. No, 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 he won't avoid it. 
You reckon he will not him. avoid it. <laughs> got him. Got him. Ka-ching! Oh, well, okay. the joys of being in the east, eh? If you're in the west, it would well, be a problem, eh, mate? No, well, uh, this is what happens. These fellas that run tippers just won't be told. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, now you've driven it in, why don't you give it a little twist as well? Well, well he, um, that's an alphabet road train as well. Oh, well, he's in a hurry then, no doubt. He's, <laughs> he, was doing, he was doing more than 92. Well, he was trying to keep his speed up on the flat, you see. Yeah. Make up some time. Yeah, well, yeah. it's going to be an, going to be an expensive little exercise trip. Yeah, yeah well. I don't feel sorry for him either. I just, oh, I, I can't stand cameras. And I know we work with different agencies around. I just, I just don't like it. Mm. What don't you like? What was? It? What don't you like? Cameras. I just, I don't like. Uh. Like, I don't like cameras up above here, and I don't. I don't see the need for it, and I don't particularly like it. Mm. Well, there's a lot of things we don't like. Mm. I mean, mm. I don't. Mm. There's a lot of things I don't like. Mm. I don't mm. like cameras, mm. and I don't like the cashless. Mm. Like every time you, you know, this, this is the one that grinds me gears, mate. Well, I, had to go well. and, I had to go and pay for something today, yeah. and I had, had to use my little card to pay for it because they don't take cash. Yeah. And then they charge me a two percent fee for using my card. Yeah. Now, see, I was going to back up that, but that I can't back that up because that's terrible. If that's tr- that's and that is the case, that is terrible. But we, um, I, I thought that too when I went to a little country town and they said card only. I said, "Oh, I got cash," and she's like, "No, no, card only." But they struggled to get to the bank to deposit cash. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, and I, that makes a very good point. I, I never actually thought of that. And considering the banks are only working between 9am and 12 and having an hour for lunch at 10 o'clock, mm. they, yeah. they're not open at all. The banks here are shocking here in town. And, oh, yeah. and those little businesses, every one of their suppliers would be on direct debit. So you yeah. have to have the money in the bank, so you probably can't sit there. That's a point, isn't it? But it's a bit yeah, rude. it's a very they, good point. And I never thought about it. Mm. But, yeah. But that's terrible if they're charging you to use your card. Yeah. That, that's no choice. Well, they do it all the time. Mm. Yeah, right anyway. Yeah, she's a bit rough, go. that one. Just grind your ears when you get no choice. Mm. And they charge you a fee. And then, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a going on. Uh, anyway. Well, everybody. That, and that's where we're at at the moment. We, we sort of touched there on Saturday night. It's all plus plus, isn't it? Everything yep. we're doing at the moment is plus plus. Yep. And and the fun is getting taken right out of the job when you've got to go plus plus. Every time you yep. quote, it's got to be plus, 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 plus. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't work. Are people, yeah. are people on your side of the world putting a toll levy on job? A toll levy? A toll levy, yeah. Is there a levy for tolls or you just got to follow uh, that up in your race? Just, well, just add it up. Add it yeah. in. Yeah, add it in. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? You, you certain um, businesses charge for additions here and there, and maybe that is something like tolls should be charged on per trip. It it brings in a whole new um, way that you could charge, wouldn't it, if to to the plus plus for the transport industry? But most seem to think that it's all included. But you know, th- there's some jobs around where, like particularly in Brisbane, if you were loading on one side of the river and going to the other five or six times a day and go over a bridge and 
you know, and then out through the log or whatever, you know, you could be up for one hundred and fifty dollars a day in tolls. Easily, yeah. Well, mm, Sydney, well I, Sydney's yeah, I mean, bad. Yeah, well, I think mandatory that was three hundred bucks for me to drive from Melbourne to Sydney to Brisbane. Yep, that sounds just right. in tolls. Yeah, just that's right. Mm. Yeah, that, and, that's right. Yeah, and it's a, it's a rot when you're forced to go through a tunnel. Um, yeah. Oh, so oh, oh, here we go. Start him up. Start him up. I'm starting to I'm starting to quiver a little bit. Calm down, Michael. Calm down. No, no it it's um, but things like that when you actually forced to go. It's like the Toowoomba Range, you know. You again, they've forced you to go on the bypass or go through town, and if you don't have a good reason, you you'll cop one. So yeah. yeah, it's you know it's like this cashless society. It's yeah, there's someone's getting a bite of every every cherry at, at yeah. every turn. So it's like a tax. The worst tax part about tax these bloody tax. tolls. The worst part about the tolls. The tolls go up with the CPI. Mm. Right? Yeah. So you never you never ever get you never get. It's not on productivity. It's not because they give you a better service. It's not because they give you any more. This goes up with a CPI. They get to charge you more. All right? Mm. Well, they say if you're sitting in traffic, you shouldn't be paying a toll. Well, it- well you know, this is what I've, what, I've, what I've said before, mate. It's like going to the milk bar and saying to the bloke there, I'll have a milkshake, mate. I'll have a caramel milkshake. He makes you this beautiful, beautiful caramel milkshake, Right. Right. And then he said, but you can't have it. You're going to pay me full price, but you can't have all of it. I'm going to tip half of it out because I'm going to hold you up. Just tip yeah. half your milkshake out. gives you half a milkshake. That's what these bloody yeah. tolls do. They only ever give you half a service. You can set your bloody watch by yeah. the traffic jams on the M7. Set yeah. your watch by it. Mm. Yeah. Bloody ridiculous it is. And it yeah. takes a long time. Well, actually, you should say a long time. No one's worked out... In the, in the world of building roads about how to prevent these blockages on tollways. Like, you know, well, why would they? No, well, <laughs> uh, it's, it's very frustrating <laughs> when, you, you, when you're driving yeah. under a toll camber at five kilometres an hour thinking, well, that was worth it. Well, it's like uh, the railway crossings in Victoria. I've heard that they save three minutes on a commute. Well, that does nothing. Like a, you yeah. know, if you're putting if you're putting a billion dollar project in to change a, a traffic jam at a railway line to save three minutes, well, that that's a stupid economy. Mm. It is. You, you, you can lose more sitting waiting to turn right of a set of traffic lights. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yep. But I find these merging lanes are just hilarious. They, they even open up new parts of, of motorways and they still haven't worked out the merge lanes or people haven't worked out how to use them. You know, you got people slamming on their brakes and then it just has that ripple effect and the traffic stops and you just can't work out why. You know, I can give you a fairly good reason why the traffic builds up. Hmm. New cars with that stupid lane sensor slowdown technology. Yeah. That 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 is a massive problem for your traffic over there, and you you lot, not me. I'm you saying lot. that because I'm wet. You lot, because you only Eastern put that in the eastern states. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Over everything's half an hour, twenty minutes in Perth, regardless of where you go. Takes half an hour. Takes <laughs> half an hour. 
Doesn't matter. <laughs> right, it's just simple. You're going into Perth, take half an hour. Top of the hill to where you've got to be, about half an hour. No drama. Doesn't matter where it is. So, yeah, but the, late, the slowdown, the slowdown technology in, in new cars is creating most of the traffic jams, I reckon, in the East Coast. Mm. Oh, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure I agree with that, but it, it's certainly not helping. But, okay. you know, people that can't drive. Yeah. And then they, you get the impatient people that will think to chop and change lanes. Yeah. So, half the bloody accidents that you have on the M7 now is because some clown couldn't wait you know, for five seconds, he's got to be a half a bloody car length in front of wherever he is. Like, people get in there and they like that. It's like we're in a race now. Mm. You know? Every day. We're in a race. Yeah. Mm. Have, you, Funny. have you seen them um, yeah. in Brisbane there? They come off the, um, like, you're on the, on the motorway and you go under the all them bridges and yeah. this new technology where your lights come on and off, depending on the, on the, um, darkness you know so yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. happens is they go under these bridges and yeah. their lights come on so then yep. the parking lights come on but the motorist behind thinks they're braking brake lights so they brake as well and then the next yeah. thing you've got 30 cars the braking whole, for the whole caterpillar thing no apparent yeah. reason yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah people can't understand though that if they're better off to do a constant speed of 80 kilometers an hour rather than this whole jerk and backwards and forwards and caterpillar thing and all the rest of it. Mm. I know, like, because of the DG tankers, because of the DGs, I wasn't allowed to go up and down through that tunnel most of the time. You had to go up Bennett Hills Road. Mm. And uh, once, to be honest, once the trucks were pretty much off Bennett Hills Road, Bennett Hills Road's not a bad run now. So you're allowed to run it because you've got the right signs up. That's right. That's right. Mm, very special. That's right. Very special. Mm. So I'm not allowed. I don't go up there now. I'm on this game highway job now. I'm very special. I've actually got to put some more lights on. Are you going to? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I have to put some more lights on. Yeah. So I'll fit in. I'm thinking about getting some of those aerials with the lights on them, you know. <laughs> well, won't you look special then? <laughs> and, and don't underestimate my meaning of special. <laughs> now, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. We've got people that listen to the radio that like those aerial lights. I know. So, <laughs> and me and a particularly very good mate of mine have got a uh, uh, what is it? How do you what, what what is it when you're never allowed to talk about it again? A pack. <laughs> That's what it is. Because <laughs> someone's got them and someone doesn't. Yeah, I, he's got them, and I'm never allowed to mention it to him. We had one time opportunity. We spoke about it, and then yeah. we agreed to never speak about it again. Right. Yeah. How do you power the things? Do you have to put a power wire to them, I suppose? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, actually, um. A little bit of a plug here. I actually went and picked up a bit of stainless work from Highway Lights in Brisbane today. Right, eh? Yeah, and having a look at a few trucks in there. Oh, look, you know, the lights look pretty special. I'm not a big fan of extra lights because it just means extra globes to fix. But well, used to until the LEDs. Oh, what, um, nah. wait, now, that's, that's a bit rich coming from someone that lives on the coast road and only cast five, son. You need 500 <laughs> lights. 
Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love running up the coast. They do it, yeah. used to do it well, running up the coast road and seeing all them lights. Mm. Fantastic. You know what I mean? There you go. All the bling bling. There they go. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, though, there at Highway Lights, there was enough trucks there. I couldn't believe it, the amount of trucks there um, getting ready for the, the lights and the stainless work. So they do do a good job, and, they, they you know, those yeah. trucks come out looking fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's all good. I, I personally not not for it for the lights. Don't mind the stainless, but again, I love looking at them. I don't like replacing them. Yeah, yeah. love my oh. barrels, mate. They're stainless. Ooh, shiny. Get the holy poly. Yeah, I've got a. Well, they're a bit dirty at the moment because it rained on them. I, I got to wash the other day and then it rained. <laughs> uh, it's just typical. Hmm. Sorry, my life. You got polished barrels on that. That'll look pretty fancy. Mate, they're awesome. Purple shanty yeah, rails too. PJ would look pretty good in front of it, actually. Oh, that's the job I want. Purple. Purple shanty rails on them. Oh, bearing your box. You flicked off that job. Yeah. <laughs> Come over and do it. Put, That'd be put the proper truck on it, you mean? Put, yeah, the 900, the purple one. Yeah. The yeah. proper one. The proper one. It had a, uh, it had a, uh, it had a black black flat roof 909 on it there a little while ago this job ah, i know that truck too mm-hmm. yeah well yeah but that's not that's not there now it's actually changed hands it has a new oh, operator from the other day no 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 we've still got it in the fleet oh it's changed hands within the fleet oh okay yep. another another fella's got it now ah. they'll, they'll love it and pet it and polish it and wash it Ooh. and he will what a what a beautiful truck that was. For a low-line 50-inch bunk, there was a lot of room in that truck. Yeah. 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 A lot of room. I, I was very surprised when Andrew got it. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then, then, then you just see what's in it. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Very yeah. cool truck. Very, very cool-looking truck. Yeah. The Black Edition. The Black Edition. Yeah. Yeah. The Black <laughs> Edition. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. No, very cool-looking truck. But, um, yeah, so uh, our guest this evening, um, Craig? Oh, he's uh, Paul. Mr. Mister Biagini will be joining us very, very shortly. Yeah. So we had... The, uh, sorry, go on. We, we've had a, the light-hearted conversation with him, and he said he'd love to join us on a Wednesday night to to um, get a bit more serious about a few issues. Get, get serious, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we better put our serious caps on. Yeah, because he's a very serious man. Sometimes we need to mm. we yeah. need to pay attention. Have you got your game face on, Yogi Bear? Nah, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like I've walked oh, yeah? seven k's. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah? I'm raring and ready to go. You come at me, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Any right. questions? Text them in right now. You want to know something? Right, text one. them in. And asking about, about the entitlement of eating a cake after an 11k walk. No. Didn't happen? Don't, no, don't feel like it. Didn't have cake. Doesn't matter. Cool. Yeah. I haven't even had a stubby yet, to be honest. I might, I might even hold off. Yeah. She was like, yes, we had 38 down here, yes. 38 Ooh, stubbies? It was a bit, 38 degrees, Greece. man. 38 degrees. Yeah. Very mild, 22 today. So it's a lovely... Oh, 
Yeah, well, I've been All pretty right. good. I've just had a couple of honey whiskies. Have you? Since, right the, since the challenge. Oh, we did have a blowout at our fundraiser last weekend, uh, last week. But anyway, yeah. you know, you've you got to let, let loose a little bit sometimes. Well, this is true. I mean, we're only human and that's, just awesome truck drivers. At the end of the day, that's what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, well. <laughs> so we might get, we'll get Paul on the phone. Yep. Bit of music. Good idea. We'll go to a tune. Yep. Bit of Elton John. Bit of Crocodile Rock, eh? Why not? Why not? We'll be right back, listeners.
show. Hey, we're back, Howie. everyone. You gotta wait for the boss. You gotta wait for the lead, Mike. Wait for the lead. Oh, yeah, I've got to wait for the lead. Give me the lead in again, quick. Oh, welcome back, listeners. <laughs> Mike. Oh, that was Elton what? John, Crocodile Rock. Yeah. <laughs> really cared. Yeah. Crocodile Rock. Well, we are back here. It's Wednesday night, serious night. And our good friend, uh, Paul Bergini, we had him on the other Saturday. And uh, he got, we got a little bit serious on Saturday. And we had to, had to sort of leg grave him a little bit. He wanted to come back and have a crack on Wednesday when we talk about serious things. Paul Bergini, welcome to the show. How are you? Gentlemen, thanks for having me on. I, uh, I I am well. I certainly certainly hope I do not uh, disappoint you on the Wednesday night. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you for giving. Thank you for giving me a chance. We'll be no. taking notes and keeping score. Let me tell you that, mate. No. That's okay. Ah, that's okay. So, <laughs> we've got so, an even uh, even even number on here, so two of us might agree and two of us might disagree. Cool. Might, that, might, that's might, right. That's right. We might need to get a we might need to get a uh, deciding vote in. Is Colette Andy? Is she? Can oh, 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 where is <laughs> where is my oh host my radio superstar? <laughs> where is he? Oh, oh a little boo boo. We should do. Boo-boo. 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 Make make no mistake. That's <laughs> going to happen. The Yogi and Boo Boo Show. <laughs> it's gonna. She, make she's no excited mistake. but nervous. Oh, well, that's that's us when we go trucking. That's us every day yeah. of the week. Every yeah. day of the week, I get up and think that. Yeah, it's like like this morning driving into a cul-de-sac sort of street or crescent in a B double, thinking. I hope they were actually right when they said you can bring a B double down here. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I got to yeah. the end of one street thinking. They were wrong. But anyway, <laughs> we, we got round the corner with a little bit to spare. Didn't have to rub a try over a bonnet of a little Mazda, so that was a relief. Yeah. Yeah. But we moved on, drove out the street, and away we go. The truck's in here all the time, mate. Mm. Oh, I mean, how many times I've heard that? Yeah. <laughs> and they think a Prado is a truck. That's a problem. That's right. Right. So I, That's I started carting roof trusses and wall frames into Melbourne back when I was 20. And uh, we said, oh, I've had a tipper. We've had a truck in here. Yeah, tipper and dog, brother. That ain't a bonnet of Volvo like I got with a big train on it. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Ah, tipper and dogs come in here all the time. Yeah, right, eh? No garbage, mate. No garbage. We'll unload on the street, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, it was a very different world back then. I remember my very first load back then. It was I got the job, got my licence on the Friday, got an interview on the Monday, started a week later on the following Monday. First job, 18 metres long, three and a half metres wide. I went into Lilydale in Melbourne. Lovely. Yeah, with an S-line, with an eight, uh, 692 in it, with a straight eight-speed box in it that wouldn't go in top gear over the uh, um, EJ Whitten Bridge. She'd drop a gear going over there because it didn't have the power north. <laughs> oh, I loved it. What an absolute weapon that was. Welcome to trucking. Mm. All right. So, Sorry, I'm just paying attention to what I'm doing here at the moment. I'm overtaking away. Well, you do that. So, so Paul, we were talking about some stuff the other night, and I can't remember what do we get serious about. I wasn't we'll here the Fuel prices was where we were getting serious. Oh, oh, yeah, we were getting serious on fuel prices on Saturday night. And you can't, what about it? It's taking the fun out of the job. Mm. 
Um, I, I, I have a subject that I'd like to bring up. Okay, well, go. You're, 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 the, uh, you're the guest. Go your hardest, mate. And, and, it, and it revolves around fuel prices and pretty much everything else. So okay. I want to play a little word game. If I may, oh, no. so, here, we and, go. here and, we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then possibly, <laughs> possibly give um, the listeners, and I certainly hope that the podcast, as it gains audience, which I'm sure it will, it'd be really nice if it involves transport and non-industry people as well. Um, yeah. One of my favourite words is the truth. Very short word. Very simple. <laughs> The truth. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in 19, on the 8th of February, 1950, Sir, right. Robert, Sir Robert Menzies announced the end of petrol rationing in Australia. Yep. Right. That, was after, that was after the war, obviously, and during the war times, Robert Menzies had the... The, bra- the braveness, the integrity, and I suppose the lack of fear of losing the next election to impose fuel restrictions to keep the country going during war times. Now, obviously, I wasn't born. Uh, Mike, I'm maybe, but you're probably too young. Um, I know. I'm a 60s child. Yep, I know my, my dad was here. He he was in the country from Italy trucking. Uh, he went through the Menzies era. Now, I'd like I'd like to read the the, the listeners. Sorry, I was going to say readers. So used to magazines. I'd like the listeners to do. So I'm going to give them some homework. I'd like them to do a bit of research on this to actually have a look at Robert Menzies and the fuel restrictions and when he released petrol petrol rationing after the war. The reason he, he did that, obviously, is because the supply was released again after World War Two, and it was also to get the country going. But the interesting, the really interesting part of that was Robert Menzies made a pledge at that in that speech that the price of diesel would always be half the price of petrol to enable the country to grow on the back of a truck. Mm. Yep. So, so, Robert, so Robert Menzies, on the 8th of February 1950, made a pledge that diesel would always be half the price of petrol because the country rode on the back of a truck. Right. Okay. Now... That was clearly a non-core promise then, wasn't it? Wow, well, wow, actually, wow. Actually, Mike, no, actually, Mike, he kept that promise until he was out of, until, until he was out of office. But he right, kept eh? that promise. Okay? Yeah. Go on. Yeah. No, no, we're now, waiting for you now. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm I had away at this point. I had, I have, I've done a bit of research into Robert Menzies. My, my late parents used to talk about Menzies all the time. Um, yeah. My my father, Dad, Freddie, he uh, he always said he always believed the country had two good prime ministers in his lifetime in Australia, and that was Menzies and Howard. Take it or leave it. I yeah. don't. The older I get, and the more interested I get into politics, I don't disbelieve that. Yeah, I did. I did some research on Menzies' two terms of government. 
and how he delivered widespread prosperity to a flourishing economy in Australia. And some of his key aspects, and on the top of his key aspect of his, and I want us all to think about today, the price of diesel today compared to the price of petrol, and the fact that the country still rides on the back of a truck. Mm. Now, the, th- the thing is, this, this is, this is, this is my, my heartfelt belief. Trucks mm. are an e- evil necessity. We love them, absolutely. That'll never change. The general public, there's a love-hate relationship. I get that. I yep. understand it. Yep. The, so- the sooner this country and the regulator and whatever government is in the power, the sooner this country has the integrity to accept the fact that road transport is an evil necessity, whether they like it or not, it has to be here. The better the country, the better the industry will be. Will that happen? I'm afraid the older I get, the more cynical I get, I scratch my head and go, okay. Um, So some of Robert Menzies' achievements, get this one and think about today. He set in place a rise in home ownership from 50% to 75% of the population in eight years. Mm. Now, that's staggering. That is a staggering achievement over two terms of politics. Mm. All right? You think, you think about uh, some, you know, there, there's a list of things he did. He, he expanded support for education programs. He, uh, he, introduced, he introduced free milk to school children. Now, there's people out there that would snicker and go, big deal. I'll tell you what, you guys, where, where we live in the Lockyer Valley... When we, when when I drive into the office twice a week, unfortunately, I have to go into Brisbane twice a week against my <laughs> better judgment. I leave the farm. Uh, uh. It it saddens me. It saddens me no end that I see school children walking out of a service station with a litre can of V or Monster Energy Drink Ooh, in their yes. hand oh, on the way to school. On the way to school. Now, riddle me this, riddle me this. If those kids had a 600 mil carton of milk waiting for them on their desk, would, would, would they do that? They may, but they may still, they may not, right? So these are the sort of things that Robert Menzies brought in. He, uh, he abolished land and entertainment tax. Um, he, he, encouraged, he encouraged growth of Canberra as a national capital. So he basically single-handedly turned Canberra into what it is today. We might we might leave that one and actually hate him for that. But the list, <laughs> the, the list with Robert Menzies goes on. He, he single-handedly developed the beef road scheme to develop the inland. Now, Yogi, yeah. I, I've done, I've, I've covered a fair bit of ground in WA, but only on... The road from Darwin to Perth, Perth across to Esperance, Albany, and um, and across the Nullarbor. So, yep. over here in the east, we have what's called the Beef Road um, scheme, which basically runs up the centre of Queensland, which was opened up for, or well, Menzies opened those beef roads up for for cattle producers to 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 move cattle to and from market. Is there a system like that in WA in in the cattle? That they actually call the beef road system? No. So that's a bit of an issue here in the West. Everyone wants to open up the Tatamai to bring yeah. produce from the north down to the southern markets. But okay. um, 
I guess with the cost of everything, then no one's going to do it. So it's a bit of a no and yes and no. I suppose they're trying, they want to do it, but the probably the boom's well and truly gone in the north as far as the mm. mining boom and what it's all about. Um, well, there's only two roads that run north in the west, in the middle road and the coast road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to be, oh, there should be. There should be a lot more open, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why they're not. But I suppose we're not because Western Australia and the rest of Australia is mm. probably the yeah. hardest thing there. I think the, the centre run through Western Australia probably doesn't have as much access to uh, beef or like grazing country like Queensland. Uh, Queensland, South Wales, and Victoria. Yeah, like might, there, there are grazing might. grazing properties out there, but probably not the the uh, you know the amount of produce there's wouldn't wouldn't compare with um, where where the beef road runs through Queensland. Mm, but mm. to have that um, insight to build things like that is something that any government these days lacks. They don't believe that the the public purse should be paying for development of anything. That may benefit private enterprise, correct? Unless someone's yeah. putting a backhander in it, and I know that's a big statement, but you know, call a backhander what you want. There, there it's, it's, you, you guarantee, guarantee people are getting back. You've got to look at the Sydney Harbour Ridge. Mm. Hmm. Like yeah. when yeah. that was yeah. built. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go on, Mike. I was going to say when that was built, it was like way overbuilt compared to the the amount of use that at the time. And you have a look at it now. Mm. Over engineered. Yep. Yeah, like it was, it was more lanes than it needed to be. It carried trains. It did everything, mm-hmm. and uh, that was built. That was built on spec, you know, because there was the belief that it would be needed down the track, and they were correct mm. to the point. Now we have a tunnel on that as well. So uh, <clears throat> they built things like that. They had the vision back then to do that sort of thing, the will to do it. Mm. And when we built roads and everything back then, they weren't built to a quote. They weren't built cheap. They were built to a specification. Mm. To, a, yeah. to a purpose, to grow the country. Um, yeah. an- another one of my favourites and probably my very, well, I guess one of my very favourites from Robert Menzies was, and I quote, to complete the rail standardisation from Sydney to Melbourne and fund the other standardisation works so rail, so rail may support the road and transport industry and the freight task. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Not compete yeah. with it, not take it over and not obliterate it to support it. Mm. Okay? Yep. Yeah, I now, don't understand how it's not one rail system. I could never understand that. And rail set up for well, I mean, well before my time. I'm very well, young when it comes to that. If you, if you look at, on the other side of that, if you look at the road tax situation that came to a head in 1979... That road tax was partly there to prevent road transport effectively competing with rail. That's exactly why so, it was there. That's exactly so, why it was there. So we're at a little bit of cross-purposes there, aren't we, really? Yeah. Anyway. This, this country, I believe, this country has not had a government since the Menzies government that has actually acknowledged the truth that the transport industry is an essential service to make the country grow. And each, each, each succession of federal and state government, year after year after year, has used the transport industry as a cash cow, as a revenue raiser, and just hit it and hit it and hit it. 
Now, on the back of, of, of fuel prices, I've got two. I've got two more little. I've got two little, more little homework. Homework. I'm uh, still waiting for the word game here, Paul. <laughs> well, the word game is the truth. Okay, so the word right. game is the truth. It's an amazing word that is just not used anymore in politics or corporations or yeah. or, or, or you know representing associations. The, the truth is not used anymore, Mike. And it, it yeah. just it drives me insane. No one, mm-hmm. you know, no, no one wants to talk about the truth anymore. Now, the Motor Carriers Act of 1935 in America was signed by President Roosevelt on August 9, 1935. That is the Motor Carriers Act. I'd like you boys and all the, all the listeners that can jump on jump on the old Google machine, have a read through that. It's a large document. It's a large document. It's quite wordy because it was a government initiative. But what that was was basically the American Roosevelt recognised and the American government recognised again that America was a growing company, a country, and it needed trucks and land transport to make it grow. So what they did was they regulated the industry, right? And there's another word game, Mike. They regulated the industry. And when they <laughs> regulated the industry, not only did they regulate length, weight, speed, etc., etc. here's the kicker, they regulated the rates. Yeah. They regulated yeah. the rates, okay? Yeah. In 1980, Jimmy Carter, he put an act through that aborted, abolished the Carriers Act, which also limited to the ICC's authority over trucking. So the ICC was the Interstate Carriers Commission. They were the reason you'd see all the trucks in America in the 70s had 12 number plates on the, on the bumper bar. And yeah. that, that, that was all due to the ICC. You basically had to have a registration to run in every state you ran in. Um, the other reason, and to this day, why American trucks still only run two tanks, not four, is you have to buy diesel in every state you travel through to, to, yeah. to pay your fuel tax, right? Yeah. Now, after Jimmy Carter abolished abolished um, that Motor Carriers Act and, and deregulated the transport industry, right, from the from in five short years, from 1977... To 1982, five short years, the rates for the trucking industry across America dropped by 25%. Yeah. That that's deregulation. Now, I I call I I call on the regulator, the NHVR, and any any government that has the audacity to be truthful. To be true about it, let's talk about it. The NHVR want to reg- they're regulating the industry into the abyss. They're regulating weights. They're regulating length. They're regulating driving hours. They're regulating maintenance now. They're regulating fatigue. Everything they regulate except one, and that's the income. Mm. If if this country wants a sustainable, safe, sustainable, long-term road transport industry. It needs to be regulated. It needs to be like a taxi license, like a lobster license in WA. It needs to be regulated. And I'm not saying, and please, 
no one out there scream into their windscreen that I'm talking about that ridiculous thing that Labor tried to bring in that RSRT or whatever it was. I was a bit. I you you got no idea the amount of re- letters and emails I wrote trying to abolish that thing because. Yep, they were trying to put in a minimum owner driver's rate. That's fantastic, and that was backed by the TWU. But I don't agree with that. What it should be is for every set of truck tyres that runs on the road, there should be a minimum rate, whether you're Lindsay Fox or whether you're Paul Biagini with one Kenworth and one trailer. If you can charge over that rate, go your hardest. Go your hardest, but don't work under it. And the thing is, let's get back to the fuel. This is just my opinion. I couldn't care less if fuel was $5 a litre. I could not care less. The industry keeps calling about, we've got to do things about reducing the fuel, the cost of fuel. A Kenworth salesman, a Kenworth salesman in Brisbane said to me once when I ordered my first new T900, um, and this will stick with me all my life. When I was signing the order, that truck was $247,742.96. How I remember <laughs> that was, how I remember that, I was 27 years of age when I signed the paperwork for that, and I, I was sweating bricks, right? That same truck yeah. today is $600,000, right? Yeah. yeah. I, said, I said to him, gee whiz, these trucks are expensive. And he said, son, our trucks aren't too expensive. You bastards work too cheap. That's the problem. It's, it's it's not Kenworth's problem that we build an expensive truck. It's your problem. You don't charge the right rates to afford a Kenworth. And you know what? Yeah. He's, he's right. right. He's, he's right. Don't worry about the price of diesel. The industry as a whole, and I know this is only, unfortunately, a hollow pipe dream, but the industry as a whole needs to collectively just charge more money. That's mm. the truth. That's That's the reality. Yeah. The rates need to go up. Don't worry about bitching and whinging and going, we need to bring... Because all, all that happens is if we get a reduction in diesel, the likes of poor old Yogi and, and his lovely wife, you know, and the small operators, all that ends up happening is the big players, the power brokers in the industry that are dirty and rotten and corrupt as, as a filthy brown apple, all they do is drop the fuel levy. They don't care. Right? Mm. So... We we need there needs to be some some truth in it, but I'd I fear that <laughs> I, 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 I fear that you know I, I just don't know you know how how do we get that through to career politicians you know this is the other thing Robert Menzies had eight years at running this country now we get look look at the galah that's running the joint. At the moment, he's just signed his own death warrant with that fiasco last week. So he's out. How long has he been in? Two years. He's gone again. We had some friends in America say to us, I think it was about four years ago, he said, you guys, you guys change presidents every 18 months. I said, they're not presidents, they're prime ministers. I said, but yeah, you're right. And this fella said, how can they get a run at running the country? I said, "I, I don't know. I can't. I can't work it out. Look at Joe Bjorki-Peterson. I'm a Queensland baby, so I'm sorry, but, again, too young. But Joe Bjorki-Peterson, man, like him or hate him, he, he turned the state into a powerhouse because he had 16 years to do it. Mm. Yeah. You know, Don't you worry about that, Yana. Mm. That, correct, correct. <laughs> but, yeah. but, 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 Mike, he wasn't afraid of the truth. Yes, he was a politician, no. and yet, yes, he was corrupt. But he also wasn't afraid to speak the truth. Well, and between him and Russ Sims, I think they really sort of did run the show. Uh, 
you can't argue that I think that they, a lot of what they did, they did for the benefit of Queensland. They didn't but, care yeah. about the rest of Australia. They did not care. Yeah. All, all they cared yeah. about was was their state, you know. And and we yeah. we need we, we need some the country. And I don't know. Look, I don't have the answer. But the, as far as the road transport industry, you know, we we need a leader in this country that sits there and goes, "Wow, we re- we really need this industry to." Yeah, the success, the last, I don't know, the last 20 years of governments in this country, we talk about these apologies. We need a sorry day. The industry needs a sorry day because this this last dozen or 15 or 20 years of of governments successfully derailed one of the most pride-driven, efficient land transport systems in the world. They've turned it into a fiasco. Mm. An absolute fiasco. And, and they, they owe us an apology. Yeah. And when you've got an industry that, that is stressed so much with high prices that, you know, they have to charge so much and we see um, produce that's grown for human consumption left on the ground to rot because it's too expensive to get to market, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, that's a serious problem. Craig, can I give you an insight into that? Sure. I'll tell you who the single-handedly who is responsible for that is the buyers for Woolworths and Coles. Now, these are faceless men. These are faceless men that drive around in Sahara Land Cruisers, and I know this by fact. They drive around in their Sahara Land Cruisers with a mobile phone and a laptop they contribute nothing to the supply train chain. They grow nothing, they carry nothing, they deliver nothing. All they do, their sole job under the direction of that of that duopoly in our, our grocery chain, their sole purpose every morning is to screw the carrier, screw the grower, and screw the receiver. Mm. That is their sole purpose, right? And the thing is, again, this NHVR, They've got every, every, if not every, they've got every second poor truck driver wetting their pants every time they put a key in, in, the, in the truck and go somewhere because they're just that terrified of the litigations and the fines, etc. And now you've got Woolworths and Coles, and I don't know how many people are aware of this, own their own transport company now, both of them. Mm. So when even if you're a prime contractor, like if you're a hundred fleet truck with a hundred fridge vans and you're carrying Woolworths produce, you are no longer a prime contractor to Woolworths. You're a subcontractor to the Woolworths Transport Company. Mm. The Woolworths Transport Company do not own a truck. They do not own a trailer. They do not own anything. All they do is they clip the ticket on the way through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason they do that Again, the truth. Let's ask the truth. The reason I believe they do it is so if there is this, this chain responsibility, if it does go up up the chain like it's supposed to, to the head of the table, it's not going to get to them because you can't tell me if there's 10 or 11 buyers across Australia working for Woolworths uh, Primary, I think they call themselves, if, if there's some kind of class litigation with, with driving hours and et cetera, et cetera, tell me that Woolworths won't let those dozen people fall in, because in, I know they will. In a heartbeat, I believe. They will let yeah, them Yeah, that fall. Primary Connect is a, is a new thing, isn't it? It's not, no longer Woolworths now. It's Primary Connect. Correct. And they do, they do right. nothing. They do nothing. 
they clip the ticket on the way through and the whole purpose of it is to drive the carriers prices down and the growers that is their sole purpose when was the last time as a consumer when was the last time you seen an ad for Woolworths or Coles on TV that talked about quality Australian grown or, or, or best off everything is down 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 prices we're cheaper than Woolworths we're cheaper than Coles we're cheaper than Woolworths we're cheaper than Coles and that's also driven by the consumer hmm. the consumer wants everything cheap well the consumer believes they're getting things cheap as well like if you look Correct. at the current markets with um, grain the price of cattle the price of pork or pigs the price of lambs yet you're still walking into a supermarket and paying top dollar for all that produce you know it doesn't reflect the market at all and and they'll hold those prices up there and even now when there's an increase in the price of, of um, commodities they will then push that price up again saying oh the prices of, of wholesale have gone up Precisely. even though they've come back by 50 to 60 percent in some cases Precisely. Um, well, and we're not seeing that reflecting the supermarket um, you know th there's a bigger margin in it and now that the economy is slowing, and if 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 the few of us have been through this before and know that when the transport industry slows down, that's the first sign of of bigger things to come in in the rest of the community. Yet, all it seems to ever do is allow the vultures to come in and and take more out of the the pile. Um, because there's there's an abundance of trucks around now everybody's there trying to fight for their own survival and and that and the, and i've always said this there's always enough money in the chain it's just who's getting it is the who's problem. getting it correct yeah, well i i've uh, i've i've not been oh look i, I live through so we went right i'm young young enough 47 but when when do they call a recession well they've changed the terms of reference i think because if we look back in 2000 and between 2005 and 2008 i think we're in a in a worse situation than we were then but we haven't collapsed yet mm. yeah yeah right well well there's some crazy that's going on though 1990 was the last official recession which is when recession, i bought my yeah. first truck right in the middle of the and that was the recession that labor told us we had to have so we no, yeah that was speeding wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. So it used yep. to be the t the term used to be three negative quarters, correct of growth. Yep, was classed as a recession. So, if you look at in in real terms, we've been in negative growth for probably the last nine quarters. Absolutely, absolutely. But we're not yeah, in a recession, I, you know. And and you've got to. I tell you what, you've got to. And anyone that does not is 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 blind and a fool you've got to take your hat off to the resilience of the road transport industry in this country the poor old road transport industry just keeps getting kicked over and over and over again and yet it keeps getting up it keeps moving the freight every time there's you know remember the or mike you'd probably remember the the coal strikes in the hunter valley when the rail went down yeah. and it was it was okay the, the poor old coalies man those trucks are working 24 hours a day seven days a week bang 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 is you know like every, every time there's some kind of 
you know, crisis in the supply chain, look at COVID. You know, the only, the only, I believe, the only sensible thing that ever came out of Donald Trump's mouth was right in the middle of COVID, he did that speech and said, thank God for truckers. The man stood yeah. up and said to the world, thank God for truckers, because without the trucks during that COVID, mm. you know, these, these poor buggers are up and down the highway, getting things shoved up their nose every time they go to, to a DC. The roadhouses are closed. They can't go to the toilet. They can't have a shower. They can't get a decent feed. And yet they're making time slots and still going up and down the road. And we're wondering why there's a mental health problem in the road transport industry. And, and I think it's some of that's a commitment from the people in the industry that that things needed to keep rolling to keep people fed and Absolutely. in medical supplies. So that shows the commitment of the, of the, the industry. Of the industry. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone else just wanted yeah. to lay down and go, oh, we're not going to work, it's all right, we'll just wear a mask or do whatever. But the industry had to keep you know, going. And you know what got me with the, with the vaccine? <laughs> Is that we were we had to cart it, but we weren't eligible to get it. Mm. <laughs> now, so, yeah, now, that, that, that really, really put me off the vaccine big time. When when that come on, oh, you're done. I'm done with this stuff at all. I'm not getting involved in this. It's terrible. Mm. Mm. Well, I uh, like all of us. I think we worked all the way through it. Drove I drove all over Australia. Mm. Yeah, never got it. Never got it. Never personally met someone who got it. So anyway, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. Mm. It, it, it's we just it, there just needs to be some. I, I just wish there was there could be some honest exchange of, of language between the industry and and and. You know the what the problem is, Paul. You're talking about the truth, mate. The problem with the truth is if we were dealing with truth then there would have to be blame. And no one wants to take responsibility for what they've done. I agree completely, Mike. Simple as that. I agree completely. And, and everybody, you know, you know what, well, I mean, think of people saying sorry too. Like you said it there before, Paul. We want an, yeah. I don't want any more apologies at all. Think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want an apology. I, I just want to go to work. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you just want to go, you want to go to work. You want to support your family. You want to make yeah, a sure, better life. Go to work. You, you, you want the same thing that any any middle-aged, you know, Caucasian, Western working man wants. You want to be able to go to work, be left alone, earn a living for your family, better yourself, you know, be, better your asset base, have something yep. to retire at the end. And yet the, these policy makers and these power brokers that that make the decisions on our behalf have have never sat behind the wheel of a truck and and this is and again let's 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 go let's let's um circle if we may back back to the truth right the truth is the human body is not meant to be awake between eight o'clock at night and five o'clock in the morning that's the reality I, you know i i don't know if you guys read the quinlan it, it was it quinlan qc oh, I, i'd agree with thing, you right? on that i'd love to go to bed eight o'clock every night well, okay yeah when you do it down the coast when you're holiday and you go to bed early the thing the thing is if you go if you go back to if you if you go back to you know 600 million years ago when we lived in caves when the sun went down we went inside the cave to hide from the dinosaurs and, and anything that was going to eat us we came back out at daylight, right? Now, 
the reality is we're just not meant to be awake all night working. But the Industrial Re Revolution, on the back of the Industrial Revolution came this whole idea of transporting goods while the factory made it. They went to bed. The warehouse, they went to bed, and somewhere in between the goods had to go from one, one side of the country to the other. The poor old truck driver stepped in and away he goes. That's okay. I've done it, right? We, we've all done it. However, the reality is... The truth is, let's talk about the truth about fatigue. The truth is, at two o'clock in the morning, unless, how, how can a man sit there, sit there behind the wheel of a vehicle with a camera looking forward, a camera looking back, he's got a, a, a work diary that I can't work it out, and I'm not, I'm not a goose, I, I, I can't work the thing out. He's got to think about the work diary, the camera that's looking at him, the camera that's looking forward, the camera that's looking back, the camera that's above him, the one that's that's counting the distance and, God forbid, he does 102 kilometres an hour as an average speed. Not only that, if the man, if the man goes, as I used to do when I was doing those ridiculous hours, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'd go, bugger this, I'll pull up and have two hours and get going again. They can't do that anymore because... If they, and, and Sydney's a perfect example. We, we would, when we were running produce, Sydney was a perfect example. You, it was all about getting into Sydney by midnight, unloading, getting to where you were going to load and pulling up out the, fr out the front and go to bed before the traffic even come up, the sun come up. Mm. Now, yep. these poor, now these poor bastards are leaving Brisbane and they're calculating everything, or they've had some young university graduate in their in the office in Brisbane who's calculated their trip journey for them and gone, you will stop here, you will stop there for this long. Don't worry about it if you need to go to the toilet in between time. And heaven forbid, if at one thirty in the morning you want to pull up and have half an hour just to knock the edge off that fatigue and manage your own fatigue, you can't do that because the regulator says you cannot do it. And the thing, and the thing is, I would love, and I've been studying the Australian Bureau of Statistics website for about two weeks. I would love the truth, the truth in truck accidents in the last thirty years, not the crap that comes out on the media. I, I would love to know the truth, right? The, the reality is, deaths have dropped. We all agree that's a good thing. Deaths have dropped. Okay, that's fantastic. No one should die on a, on a journey, right? But why have they dropped? Have they dropped? Let me ask you this: If is, is a brand new F sixteen Volvo with all the airbags and all the things that they've got in it, is that a safer truck to roll over in than a nineteen seventy two R six hundred Mac? You bet your boots it is, right? So the thing is, the trucks have gotten safer. They've got stability control. They've got this. They've got that. I can't help wondering if that's got something to do with with the cut down in deaths. What I would love to know is how many trucks run off the road now at night compared to 20 years ago mm. that you don't hear about. That's what that's I want question, to know. That's a question that's we can ask. We can get the answer to that. I would love to we know. We can absolutely the truth, get the answer to that. Mm. I would love to know the truth, Mike, because in the 90s when, we're like, when we were running bananas over to Perth, you, you, just, you did not see trucks in the bush. You just, yeah. it just didn't happen, you know, or if it did happen, it was news, you know, if a, if a truck went bush on the New England, one of the overnighters between Brisbane and Sydney, it, it was news. Now, it's, it's just, it's just a common occurrence. Mm.
It's just a call to a yeah, day truck well. to pull it out. Well, it's it's a new, a there's a new parking area through the middle of the game every night of the week. Mm. There you go. Why? And, and you know, Paul, when you talk about this thing that is scheduled by people that have have never experienced what it's like to drive a truck or and, and um, you know, you must get there and time slots and all this, it, it it's all for a load of long-life milk. It's, yes. it's got yes, it is. it's got another five five to twelve months in it exactly in its right. shelf life. Mm. Yet for some reason, right. when it goes on that truck in Sydney, it's got to be in Melbourne the next day, or vice versa. Do, or do, do you know what it's about? It's about the buyer for Woolworths and Coles keeping his KPIs on his account and having the account manager go, "Good work. This is how much you've moved this week." That is all it's about. Mm. They have no regard for the transport industry. They have no regard for the drivers. Nothing. And yet, what what makes me furious is they are untouchable. They are untouchable. What I want to see is I, I want to see the 7.30 report or, you know, one of these shows, interview one of them and go, so show, show, show me your emails. Show me your emails when you threaten the carrier you threaten the carrier that if that truck arrives three minutes late after the time slot, that 36 pallets of long-life milk is rejected, not rescheduled, it's rejected, and then it's sent back to the, it's sent back to the supplier again. Mm. Yep. Right? Or if it's taken, think... they'll, they'll penalise because it's late? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've, only, we've heard what Rob Free had to say about that at, uh, at Aldi. Yeah. When the when the gate you know, is there, what five minutes late or somebody thing, you could see and that they even unload their own trailers. So you know, and he got told that he wasn't bringing it in, and he had to go to their all the expense of getting mm. someone else to cross dock it. Um, you know, no uh, no profit for that load. Thanks very much. All because of some bloody minded security guard. Yeah. And, and this oh. is the other thing that the security, the security, for example, the security guards now are all contracted out. They're not employees of the supermarkets anymore. They're a contract security guard. You never get the same guy twice. You, the drivers never get to build a relationship with them. It, mm. it just it just goes on and on and on. And and, and they've got the hide to ask drivers for. Things like, have you got enough time in your logbook? That book? is disgraceful. That, like is that, just that disgraceful. sort of stuff is um, just, yeah, like you've got a security guard that's got no experience in um, nothing, any, any kind of, of um, freight industry, the really. Management. And, they, and they want to talk to a driver about, have you got enough time here to, to unload? And then when you say yes, and I, I say this from talking to people because I don't, I've never dealt with these centres. They'll say, you know, have you got time? And the driver will say yes, and they will still muck them around for a couple of hours till they're out of hours, and then still expect them to unload. It makes no I, sense. I had, I had my driver, my Kenworth, and my B double set of tankers at a poultry abattoir in Tamworth, and. The driver drove, drove in to load poultry oil to load tallow, chicken tallow. Mm. Um, but every, my equipment's always been immaculately maintained since the first truck I've ever owned. This this security guard, whose whose first language was not English, 
told my driver that he was going to do a roadworthy inspection on my truck before it entered below Tello. So he wanted to check the lights, the tyres, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure it was safe to enter the premises. My driver rang me and said, this is what's going on. And I said, you, you, you haven't lended me, aren't you? you? You're pulling my leg. He said, no, I'm dead serious. And I said, what are you going to do? Is you going to reverse out? You turn around, you park outside. And then some phone calls were exchanged and they said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not having that person. That person is not a qualified mechanic. How dare you? How dare you? put that onus on my driver and put that in my driver, you know, like it, it, it's this, this OH&S and this, this compliance. Again, the, tr- the truth is, the truth is in the, in the 1970s, the 80s, the 90s, as a transport company or as an owner driver, you had, you had a list, you had a task. You had a task to do on top of that task list was load the freight, Carry it, deliver it as safely and quickly as possible. That was on the top of the list. That was what mattered before anything else. Mm. Remember the old, you know, the IPEC, the Comet, the quick as air, positively, absolutely, overnight. Hello, Comet. That's all they cared about. That's all they cared about. And then under that was always maintenance, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and it went down the list, right? Now... That list, I believe, the truth is, I believe, from the bottom of my heart, that list has been spun around. All, now it's compliance, it's chain responsibility, it's, it's, it's this, it's this. And right down the very end of that list, these companies go, oh, by the way, we, we're a freight carrier. They've, 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 they've forgotten the reason why they're even in transport, is to actually carry the freight. But it, it, it's almost like that's the least important thing they engage in now. And I'm not blaming them. It's all this crap that the bureaucrats have dumped, just dumped on this poor industry. And yet they just keep the, 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 these policy makers who have never been in a truck, never been near a truck, never, never. They just keep expecting, they keep expecting the industry not to buckle under this. And it's got to come. Surely, someday it's got to come where, well, it, it's happening now. You know, the mass ex- exodus out of the industry. And, and, and this goes back to the apologies where I believe the federal governments need to apologise to us, but also apologise to the general public. Remember the saying years ago when you said to your, your mates, mum and dad that were going on holidays with, the ca- with their caravan, always pull up where the trucks are because you'll get a good feed there. Oh, if you're not sure where you're going, follow a truck. Mm. Follow a truck because he, he's a good driver and he'll take you there safely. Well, I'm sorry, but I, I don't apply that to every truck I see on the road anymore. Mm. I do not. So, Paul, yeah. we, we've had this discussion and, like, to simplify it, where do you think that there's a solution to or a short-term solution to where, where we're going at the moment? <sighs> wow. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a story. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a very quick quote. When when I was 20 years old and an owner driver with my first truck, I subbed to a company called McAleese Transport. That company was owned by a person in inverted commas by the name of Keith Price, who wore more gold around his neck and around his wrist than Cleopatra. I, I said to Keith Price one day in the Mackay Depot, I was about 21, I'd been in the game for about two years as an owner driver, I said, it's about time we talk about some rate, rate rises here, you know? 
he turned around to me and he said, he, he pulled a 20 cent piece out of his pocket and he flicked it at me. He said, see that? He said, I can replace you with that in two seconds flat. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to use the language he used at me, but he basically said, you, you effing bleep, 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 that's all you're good for is a 20 cent piece I can replace you. There's always, there's always one of you scumbags that's going to turn up here and carry the freight. Hmm. Now, I believe, I believe that that day has come to an end. There is not enough yeah. truck and not enough carriers to move the freight. Hmm. If there was ever a time... If there was ever a time for this industry to, to stand and, and make a change in, in, in freight rates, it, it's now. Let's be honest, we can't have a 79 blockade. We can't do it anymore. If we block the roads, it's just, it's just going to be a media circus, rules and regulations. It, it, it's, it's just not, it's not feasible. Well, okay? they'll, they'll just drag them off the road now. That's... Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's with, a smile, with a smile on their face, yeah. you know. So, so... We, when when dad when dad was instrumental in running the 79 blockades here at Arachula in Queensland, the Teamsters come out from America. I don't know. I'm too young, so I'll be honest there. I don't know if they went to Razorback or any of the other any of the other um, blockades. I, I can't answer that question. I could ask dad, but he's been gone 22 years, so obviously they're not. But I know they come out to Arachula, and they said to they said to everyone there. We've seen what you've gone through. We've 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 made a change in America. They basically wanted to establish a base here in Australia, and bless their hearts, the Blue Singlet Brigade said, "Take your f and U.S. Union and go." <laughs> <laughs> so they said, "Well, it's the one and only offer we're going to make. We're on the plane. We're going home. Good luck." Right? I unfortunately, I'm ashamed to say that my oldest brother was the kingpin of the TWU here in Queensland for many years until he got busted for corruption and he disappeared into a dark cloud somewhere. I I don't I don't despise the union, but what I and I'm just looking through an old truck in life here about how the owner drivers marched on a union office in Melbourne in nineteen eighty two demanding, demanding, demanding. If if the TWU had any brains at all, any brains at all they could be the most powerful representative in this country for the transport industry. However, my my concern and my age and my cynicism, I can't help that believe that corruption will crawl into it again. So I don't know what the answer is. But the TW, if, if they wanted owner drivers to join them, all I had to do was, for example, I think it's something like $500 a year to join now. Mm. I'm not sure if that's right, but I believe it's somewhere up there, right? For $500 a year, if they said, Yogi, you've got 24-7 mm-hmm. access to a lawyer, to an accountant, to a, a, a civil liberties lawyer, etc., etc. So if you're pulled up on the side of the road by an authoritarian who says, I'm going to pull your mattress out of the bunk of your truck and throw it in the dirt, like was done to me at the Mooney Pads in about 1998, all my clothes... My dune on my pillow, the whole lot went out the passenger side bunk of the truck into the dirt. I was a 30-year-old kid. I was terrified of this copper. Now, I don't care. He said he was searching for paperwork. He never found it. He never found anything he was looking for because what he was looking for didn't exist. There was no apology. There was, there was nothing. I, I did it because he had, he had 
the gun and the patch and I was, I was a truck driver. But if I could have rung my union rep right there and said, this is what this bloke's gonna, about to do, and he said, put the copper on the phone and go, you can search that truck, but you will not destroy that driver's personal property. You will not destroy his bedding. You won't do this. You won't do that. I believe, I would like to believe that they would actually get more membership. Mm. So, so at this point, we, we could say that that was a lost opportunity on on the TWU side. They, they, they blew it, Craig. Yeah. They blew it. They blew it. Yeah. Moving forward, though, because we... We, we have to, to make change. So we, if we dwell on the past and what should have happened and... I agree and, and don't, yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm not, not having a crack I, at anyone I, here. I, I, the, one of the best best things anyone can do is join an association. Yeah. So yeah, at, join, at the join, moment... Join an association of some kind. Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, I do see a, a lot of collaboration between a lot of different industry associations like I've never seen before. That's what we need, um, and, and they are talking, and yes. and I think there's some pretty good guidance on how to how to get some of this stuff through. We all have to recognise that there is a very close relationship between the Labor Party and the TWU. Any, anyone that mm -hmm. would not say that, you know, you, is a liar. Yeah, well, it's just it's not right. Yeah. But yeah. there there is um, because of that. There's an opportunity now for. Um, a bit of solidarity to make some change, and I do see it. I've 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 listened to some Senate hearings here recently, and you know, and and involved myself. So I'm not I'm not speaking from good someone who doesn't know. No, no, good for you. I've seen yeah. it, and and I believe we are getting there. And and if anyone who knows me, they will always hear me push this one barrow all the time. That we need to unite to make it better. While ever there's while ever there's um, fighting within amongst different factions of the of the industry, um, we won't ever get anywhere because Correct. government laughs at us. And I've even heard them say that in these inquiries that, but you, but you guys don't even know what you want. Whereas now we, we do, and they're working together. And I've I've never seen a point where, you know, like the TWU, the ATA. The National Road Freighters Association, the ARTIO, are all in the same room, having the same chat, and it's, yeah. in my opinion, is a great thing. I know there's people out there that don't agree that that's happening, or they have an opinion that may be different, or or um, say that it's a waste of time. But in in what's going on at the moment, there is a a great show of solidarity, and I think everyone needs to support that. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Mm. Join, join, join something, and and I believe, and I don't, I don't know if this is is accurate, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna stake my name on the accuracy of it, but I, I do believe that at least here in the eastern states, to some degree, the livestock section of the industry has has that, you know, through through their associations. I, you rarely hear about the livestock sector of the industry you know screaming about um you know rates and 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 bleeding and 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 dying you know in fact and 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 if you look at the vehicles they run mm. i think it's a, obviously a reflection on the rates that they work for and and i you know i get that feeling that the livestock industry is very very yeah they have some solidarity um 
I'm a member of the um, Queensland. Yeah, Paul, you know how they get solid solidarity, Paul. I they run love the same. Twenties and forties. They all run twenties and forties. Twenty foot A, forty foot dog. Mm. Well, true. They run deck. That's it. True. That's how you're going to get solidarity. Mm. We don't have that. We have fifty-four foot pans. We have fifteen meter pans. We have <laughs> oh. eleven meter pans. We never get solidarity. We'll never yeah. ever get it. Because, but the stock industry knows they've got volume loading, they've got concessional loading, they know a deck. They know what a deck is, they know how to get it into their trailers, and they all run the same 20s and 40s. And and you'll never, you'll never pay, or you'll never find the staff to drive a stock crate of paying a pittance because they've just jumped in a brand new nine over for the bling. Correct. They won't Correct. come along. It's it's that simple. It, it's a tough job. Yeah. Anyone doing it? It is a job. tough job, and 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 a highly responsible job. Mm. Absolutely, you're moving, you know, you're moving live animals, live weight, uh, moving weight. Absolutely, and and I on a live I've road. Been, mm. I've I've never been you know part of that sector. I hold the livestock industry in high regard. Um, a lot to do because of where we live geographically. We're surrounded by cattle trucks all day, every day. Um, I, I hold them in high regard for the vehicles they run. Um, I've had, you know, I've had conversations with numerous, you know, high high up staff in some of these big fleets. Oh, we can't find drivers. Really? You can't find drivers because you want them to go into a Kenworth with a 32-inch IT bunk or whatever the hell they are on them now. You want them to get in that truck on Monday with a B double set of fridge vans, go to Melbourne, go to Sydney, go to Adelaide, come back, and you want them to live in that truck for a week, and you ca- you can't understand why you can't get anyone to drive them. And they don't want to pay them when they're waiting, right? You know, shorten the trailers, shorten. The, and 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 again, let's go back to America. The pin to rear a trailer length limit. I, I don't I don't know if it'll I don't believe it will ever come here. But the reality is, if if if, 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 if if you want if you want a driver, and let's face it, interstate drivers now, I, I believe as far as you know, vehicle wise, they've probably got it the best they've ever had. Six hundred and twenty horsepower, two thousand pound torque, blah 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 blah. But I also know they've got it the worst, the worst in history. You know. Half BP Halfway Creek Roadhouse in the old days, you know, you, 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 the roadhouses, you, you could pull up, you could pull up and get a clean shower, a home-cooked meal, a thermos, a coffee mm. filled up for you, a sandwich to go. You could pull you could pull up, talk to your mates, you could have conversations about your family, your wife. Now, they get in one end, they've got half an hour break, they go to the other, and if they do, if, if they can pull up, now they've got these A double things that are going between inter-capital cities, it still baffles me where you're supposed to pull one of those up for a leech, you know. How do you pull up and get a sandwich on one of those things? Well, I've got to say, well, correct and me I've been, if called, I'm wrong, I've been called different yeah. things over this, but yep. I, I've got to admit, a a 30-metre A-double, mm-hmm. apart from having to go backwards for some people, will track better and you can get into places better than a... Yeah. 26 meter bay yeah. double. Yeah. Real, um, really, um, like, 27 and a half in the west. Yeah. The, the problem is the, the bays are made for 26 meters, not 30 meters. So, mm. you know, there, there's a 
there's a difference in like their maneuverability is quite good, but there's still really? okay. not well, enough room in some of these places to to park a lot of them. Um, well, I got into the buddy uh, servos on the ring road the other night, mate. Get went into the inbound servo just to have a pee, and I couldn't get out <laughs> because the place was full of e doubles, right? And mm. they're not even a doubles; they're b doubles. Mm. You could you could barely get out. And I ended up sleeping there because I couldn't get out. Mm. So, you know, the bigger the trucks, you know, it's just to me thoroughly inappropriate some of the places. I mean, I saw an A double on Buddy uh, Gums Rebexley the other day with a load of fuel on it. Mm. You, you, you know, in, in the old days when road trains were only allowed from Toowoomba West and up through, you know, the road train up through Darwin, Western Queensland, Craig, I'm not sure how much of that country you've travelled, but, you know, the road the road houses were set up that, that you, you know, you'd, you'd wheel in and the dirt the dirt driveway was 600 metres back from the building. Yeah. You know, so you, yeah. you, could, just, you could just wheel in, park, and wheel back out again, you know. Where, whereas, the, I see that I see them every day in here, coming into Brisbane, you know. And and now it's like spot used to be spot the single, now it's spot the beat double because everything's a road train. And same thing. Yeah. I go, what, what if what if one of these blokes is just really busting to do to go to the toilet? Like the thing is, in a single, you could wheel in anywhere. It didn't matter. You could you could find a spot to pull up, have half an hour over the wheel. Brush your teeth, wash your face, da 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 da. Yeah, and that Newell Highway, this, this country, and I've written many a letter and many an email to Shell or Coles, Caltex, Woolworths, all these corporations that have bought these fantastic truck stops, Shell at Gilgandra, Shell at West Wyalong, da 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 da. They buy and them. And them. Mike, the first thing they do is shut, shut the eatery down. They shut the restaurant yeah. down. Now, now again, if, if the federal government and the NHVR, the regulator and the government, if they were dead serious, if they were deadly serious, and again, here comes that, we're going back in a circle, back to our wordplay. If they wanted to look at the truth of the matter, and not only for truck drivers, but for the motoring public, they would go to these corporations and say, uh-uh, you know what, you can buy it, but you're not shutting that restaurant down. Mm. Because in the interest of and the safety and the fatigue of the motoring public, you will re- re- retain that, that restaurant. And you know what? If it runs at a loss, well, boo-hoo for you, you might just have to sell a bit more diesel and petrol. But And, and every time I've written to someone about it, the response I get is, oh, dear, Paul, thanks for your, thanks for your email and your letter. It's private enterprise. We have no control over it. Now, here's another wordplay, boys. In inverted commas, it's private enterprise. We have no control over it, except, except driving hours, limit load, load limits, length, width, maintenance. Well, they have plenty of control over that private enterprise, don't they? Or, or the fact that they gave an exceptionally um, favourable <laughs> lease to someone on one of these major sites. They, right, thank you very much. Their F3 is a classic of... Uh, like how how can you not make food money out of food at Caltex or whatever it is now on between Sydney and, and yep. Newcastle? But you know that that restaurant there in the end was terrible. But the, the, there was one reason they couldn't make it work is because their facilities for drivers to have a shower were absolutely horrible. 
they'll be on horrible. Yeah. I would not let I would not let my cattle yeah. dogs shower in those and, cows. And they they could have fixed. There's a few issues there that they could have fixed so easily. One one would have been on on the far uh, western side of that was to put a toilet block there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You, you, there was so much space for vehicles there that it it was it was something that you should have been able to make a lot of money out of. The restaurant just got to the point where they couldn't. Well, no one stopped there. The mm. only reason you stopped there was just to, to go to bed, and that was it. Because yeah. it was a shit hole. Yeah. So the Correct. you wouldn't stop there for a shower. You you would actually rather go to bed dirty than yeah. go and try to have a shower in there. And you know, I, I, I had to laugh there. I stopped at North, North, Northbound there one day through the midst of COVID and they're all concerned about the drivers coming in dirty and infecting things and you think, how? Like, it was more chance that you'd walk out of that place with an infection than, than what you walked in with. I so, um, so, Probably the last two or three years I, I was on interstate, I carried a bottle of Domestus with me <laughs> and I would go into showers with my thongs and spray the shower cubicles with domestics more often than not. And that, that is no way for a working man or woman in a country like Australia to live and work. That is no way for it to, to happen. Yeah. But, that yeah, is yeah, disgraceful. But how hard would it be? Yeah, I see where living in the West, I mean, he's happy to get a shower. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like I've gone into showers in Capricorn and you come out redder than when you go in, <laughs> but geez, it feels good to have a shower. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what they're rebuilding up there. I think it's closed at the moment. I haven't been down that way for a while. Yeah, they're 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 rebuilding the whole whole thing now. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's Angry Jacks. So I'm not 100 percent sure it's going to be mm. Angry Jacks. I think, but um, I mean, if you want to talk uh, talk showers? I'll quickly. I'll tell you the best shower I've ever had was on the side of a, a hut in Karatha under a summer storm. Like the water was coming out of the tank and you're just standing there going, this is living. Like, no, no hot water, no nothing, but the water coming out of the tank was hot enough that it was actually spot on. Mm. Yeah, 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 what 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 I'm confused about is in in the day, you know, in in the in that mid nineties when BP rolled out all those amazing truck stops, BP Q Qdale, Port Augusta you know, Summerton, they, they they were fantastic. The food was amazing. The showers were clean. The toilets were clean. I just don't understand what's happened. Mm. I don't it's understand fair. what's happened. Well, I just don't think they, they just don't care anymore. But I've seen a lot of new facilities built, you know, in, in the last 10 years that in that, I wouldn't even say 10, I'd say five, um, that their facilities in that time have gone downhill that quickly you know Correct. people just don't stop there they just will not stop so but but those same places wonder why they can't um can't get anyone to spend their money there like they don't stop for food they don't stop for fuel um and, and isn't it isn't it fascinating you you invest Three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in a new prime mover, same amount of money in a set of trailers, it's an asset. You look after it like it's a baby. These corporations build these brand new, you know, some of these places that have a million dollars worth of concrete for a start. And yet they don't they don't look after the asset. They just let it like you say, within five years the, the thing's worth nothing because they've run it down downhill. I, I, again, I would love to sit 
with the brain well, stress. You to look at, behind you got to look at what happened to that Jordan Kulak. Yeah. Lovely when it opened up, went to shit, and all of a sudden there was a fire. I wonder how. I mean, I, mm. maybe, maybe not, but it, maybe not. But you know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Call me crazy. I'll call you crazy. But I, I, I guess we digress. You know, we digress there. Yeah. What, what, what? You know, what can we do? I, I think for everyone, I, I, I encourage everyone to join an association of some kind. I've got, you know, I have a friend of mine who's got. You know, three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. Owner, driver, fantastic. Runs a fantastic little business. Is making good money out of owning his own truck. I've said to him, you know, why don't you, why don't you chuck five hundred dollars a year at one of these associations? Oh, well, can't afford that. Really, you can't afford that. Really, but you'll put a seven thousand dollar stainless steel sun visor on your truck, but you can't afford. You know, like it, join join an association. The worst, the worst thing that will happen. Is is nothing but whinging on Facebook and and at the fuel bowsers will change nothing. It will change nothing. Our our only chance and, and like you say, Craig, if 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 these associations, if the smaller ones are getting together in the room with the big one or two or whatever they are, I think that's fantastic. And I believe that the big ones, you know, the Nat Road, the ATA. They have a moral. They have a moral obligation to the transport industry in Australia to invite a representative from each one of these smaller associations to sit at the table, mm. and, and that's how thing. That's how things will change. And they are. And like I, I you know, I'm a, a board member of of the National Road Freighters Association, and so am I. And and we and are yeah, doing good things. And we are at the table. And good. Being good. very close in this and. Like for the for the National Road Freighters Association, eleven dollars a month. Like it's nothing. It, it's, it's nothing. nothing. And, and um, like I, I'm, um, I'm heading to Canberra more tomorrow. Heading to Canberra tomorrow. Um, you know, and we're going in there for the, for the rest area committee because we've got to get some stubbies here out of Yogi. But which won't happen. Yeah, it will. But. You know, we get to You're mix on. with the politicians, and and people think you might be just there, you know, having a having a cup of tea or a beer or cocktail, whatever you're doing. But you know, we we do gain rapport and we do get some work done there. We we we've got to do we've got to, I believe we have to do one well we have to do two things we have to do exactly that get get some ears get some sensible, well spoken people in the halls of Canberra. I, I do I do believe that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. And the other thing that we need to do, and, and, and again, the only way is going to be a, a collective voice, is this, 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 this regulation, this NHVR regulation, this whole, it, it needs to be wound back somewhat. I'm well, not saying, I'm not saying the, for a minute... I'm, I'm not saying yeah. for a minute we go we go back to the old days where you worked 20 hours a day and had four four hours off and threw the logbook in the bunk. I'm not <laughs> saying that for a minute, but they 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 wonder why you know they're scratching their head wondering why there's a mass exodus of drivers from this industry, and 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 from the bottom of my heart, part part of it is this this over 
zealous regulation. It is to the point of ridiculous. Mm. They say it's to the point of ridiculous. There's a couple of of things here first, though. Um, As I talked about in the news on the podcast on Monday, um, what those are dates? It's a Wednesday today, Monday. Um, The uh, NTC have got their uh, series thing happening at the moment, which people can contribute to until the 24th of November. Um, there are a lot of things that are up for, for changes. They want to move some things out of out of uh, law and into regulation so that they're a little bit easier to change. They're talking about giving us 20 metres for a single. Well, I paint the picture that we know what'll happen there. There was nothing happened in a cab of a prime mover. They'll just jam an extra pallet space on a trailer. That's what'll happen there. Whereas um, it, should, it should go the other way. The length should go forward. Should go, not I back. agree. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. I, but, I think my proposal... But just to keep going there for a second, mate. Hang on. Yeah, you're right. You can have a go in a sec. Um, I, I want to point out something that's not obvious, and I appreciate what Paul's saying, but the... And I'm not defending the, uh, the, the NHVR here at all. The reality of it is is that things have changed a little bit in the last few years as far as the NHVR goes, but the NHVR don't make the law. They enforce the law. They don't they make it. Law. Righto. Okay. Right. Righto. So they get the frustrated NTC. as much as we get frustrated. Mm. The NTC, the NTC are the people that need to, need to make the changes. Okay. And as I said, Righto. this this series is open... Uh, for input until the 24th of November. So go to ntc.gov.au, have a look at that if you're listening, if you're interested enough, and you can write a submission, tell them what you think about any aspect of this. Uh, uh, it's a compulsory, I can't remember, some compulsory regulatory impact statement, I think it stands for, I think. Something along those lines anyway. But the, the reality of it is that we need to sort of get the... Get the cart. Don't get the muddy cart before the horse. Mm. The NTC make the rules. The NHBR and the police, etc., enforce them. Some of them with an immense amount of glee, I'm sure. But <laughs> you know, that's where that's where it really is. That's where the action really is. The NHBR don't make the rules. They just enforce them. Okay, no. Over to you, yep. Craig. Oh, you lost me now. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Take a song on for a minute. We might do that, eh? Bit well, of... take 47. We don't have time for a song. Hey? Oh, right. Bugger the song. Bugger well, the song? No, you space Bugger the song. We don't have time for a song. Yeah, look, it's not, you know, because we, we, we can very easily get wrapped up here in the West. Oh, NHBR's done for this and MHBR's ridiculous for this. You're right. They're enforcing laws. Yeah, nothing so, else can do. <laughs> so, so, Yogi, do you... Do you from the horse's mouth, do you have to run a logbook over there now, or is it still no logbook? In the West, we, no, our, our, so our fatigue system in Western Australia is actually very, very complex. Okay. You're, you're all going to think, well, this is uh, it's the Wild West, and Mike's written a really, really good piece about that. We are not the Wild West, and we don't like being called the Wild West. But our system mm. is very, very complex in what we do here in mm. WA. We just won't get knocked off on the side of the road for it. Mm. I, I have to say, no, I used, I used no. to love getting. I used to love getting to the border at Euclid and drawing a line in my logbook. <laughs> yeah. we, yeah. we, still, we still do. Like you just so 
But what what we understand here in WA is if you have a fatigue-related crash or you put one over or you lay, lay one off, you go off the road, you have a crash, work safe, work cover, whoever yep. it is, is going to mm-hmm. be at your house before you get home. Yeah, right. Okay. All right? So you don't do it. We don't yep. do it. You get, we, there is there a much bigger. I don't want like I got me shed. I got five acres here. I'm in me shed right next to the house. I don't want three fire extinguishers near the front door because that's what it's going to mm. be. There's three exits out of the shed. They're going to need a fire extinguisher at all. I don't really care about that, but that's mm. what's going to happen. So we just don't do it. We play nice here in the west, and our laws are, they're understanding. We we that they work around the system. We're not we're not a lawless society here in WA mm. at all. And and and, and a law, every year, a, a lawless society will do no one any good. But no, we no. need it's it's the pendulum, isn't it? The, you know, the pendulum in in the sixties, seventies, eighties, the pendulum was was too far one way you know drive company drivers were pushed beyond the limit that you know it was, it was beyond ridiculous but the pendulum's gone the other way now it's gone too far and that and that's yeah that's human nature and society the pendulum swings too far you know we need to it needs to wind back to to the point where you know the stories of of, of a driver with a road train pulling up out of parking bay out the back of cobar somewhere and the parking bay's full so he takes off and goes to the next parking bay and gets knocked off. And they say, why didn't you stop at that parking bay? Well, there was no, there was no room. Well, you should have pre-entered that. You should have pre-entered yeah, I, that no, before I, you got there. I, I, as you well know, Paul, and you're the same, I've got a lot of skin in the game. So I, I, I don't particularly, I work hard for my dollar like a lot of people, but I'm not giving yeah. it away. So if, if you, yeah. And that's where I make the rules. You know, whereas mm. you're not letting a driver... Yeah, I'll just go to another one. Just go to another one. Just go to another one. And look, and I, I've been, I've, I've sat in, I've sat in board meetings with the road freighters, and they've talked about. Uh, I, I went an hour over my logbook just to get a shower. Like I come up from Port Lincoln, yeah. and the only yeah. shower you could get on that road is basically Port Augusta. So I run an yeah. hour over my book just to go and have a shower. Well, well because it's it. a, it's a basic human doing. right. Yeah. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I needed to do. I'd unloaded. I'd been working all day. I was up on my hours, but I wasn't stopping without having a shower and feeling human and going to bed. I took the risk. Correct. Because because it is, a basic, it is a basic well, human a basic. right to be able to bathe. Yeah, mm. yeah just, just to be showered at night. So, so there's, yeah, so it's... The, the quicker you get the Western Australian system in the east, the better. Mm. Suck that. Yeah. <laughs> I the lot of you, anyway. You know. it's, uh, it's actually it's actually not the system, Yogi. It's the enforcement yeah, no, of the system. It's the enforcement, it's of, the the enforcement of the system. That's yeah. the issue. Mm. If you we could get the bloody highway patrol and the NHVR out of enforcement of fatigue yeah. and yeah. put it into occupational health and work, work and health and safety where it yep. belongs... Where it should be. <laughs> we wouldn't have a problem. Very much better. So, I'm not going to yeah, get an yeah, argument yeah. about a rod enemy about that, I don't think. Am I? Am I? What's that? <laughs> no, no. And our, no. our lawmakers over here, like you, you talk about the West being a good place, and a good, the lawmakers here, Main Roads WA, are ballsing so much up. Mm-hmm. Like they had a really, really good system, and they're just getting their grubs into so much, and it is terrible what they're doing. And you look at the pilot regulations at the moment. That is an absolute rort, complete and utter rort. And mm. I want to write about that 
you know, and an Aussie in the future. Mm. Mm. So we had mm. um, we had Trevor trying to call in Trevor Warner. Um, do we just want to get him in quickly to have a bit of a say? You want me to drop off, Craig? You got enough room there, or no? We have got enough room here. I think we got eight minutes. Eight minutes. Trevor, Trevor can't go over a little minutes. bit if you want to. I mean, Trevor, Trevor we'll can't do eight in, minutes. We'll add him in here, Paul. You might just... Um... I'm, I'm happy to sign off and let Trevor in, boys. No, Absolutely. you're all right, mate. All you good. stay there. Mate. It might just... Okay. Stay, stay right where you are, mate. Just um, see if Trev answers here. Yeah, Trev sent me a message before, but I couldn't answer him. Right, I'm hey, Trev, you're, you're lo- actually live, mate, so don't swear yet. <laughs> okay, boys, You're on here. We've we've got Paul and Yogi and Mike and me. So yeah, hey fellas, hey Paul. So you're call, calling in. How are you, Trev? Doing well, doing well. There's so so much in tonight's show to unpack, but in the last few minutes, I <laughs> I just I just wanted to let Paul know that I uh, I sat in. I did a, I had a 45, 50 minute interview with the New South Wales Upper House. Transport and a portfolio or committee for the transport and arts a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of the questions that they're asking us was focused on um, on rest areas. What's why is it failing? What do what do we need to do to, to future proof uh, the uh, the rest areas and, and west Western Sydney? What what do they need to do? Um, and also the roads. They wanted to know what what we need to do for the roads but the really good thing was is that we had one politician there that lined up the the people in charge and said you've got a, a booklet here from Ausroads that's that lays out how roads are to be designed and yet we've had truck drivers in here today to say that our roads do not do not meet these standards so this politician's got this guy and said why are you building roads that don't meet the guidelines hmm so isn't that interesting yeah, now the wheels are, the wheels are turning. Um, they're going to they're going to create a report. Whether that report gets acted on or not is 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 we'll have to wait and see. But the thing that I really got out of it was we got politicians asking the right questions of the right people. Okay, that's a positive so, step. Yeah, and that goes towards service centres as well, like uh, Sam Faraway. Uh, he's not in government now. Um, he was the the assistant minister for rural roads, rural region, um, regional roads. Sorry, and uh, he said, right, service centres. Give us give us a couple of things that we need to do with service centres. And uh, I said straight away, well, parking is the big one. If we've got parking, that that's most of the drama. And the same with all the rest areas. They look great during the day when there's no trucks there, but you get there at midnight. Um, they they need. I, I use Clyde Bucker as an example. That needs to be three times bigger. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I also said the same thing with the with the thirty meter PBS, and now we've got thirty six point fives running up the here. Where are they going to stop? Where, where are they going to stop? Yeah, but that's yeah. it. And they're, they're all scratching their heads. And I had the same interview with uh, NHVR with the new PBS two, which is which is your your A. Uh, what are they? Two two B trailers with the A in the middle of it. <laughs> AB double, AB triple or something. Um, the same deal with them. Where are they going to stop? It's great to have this high productivity, but where are they going to stop? Mm. So though these questions that you're asking tonight on the radio show is now in the hands of the people that can affect change. And mm. that's 
purely through drivers donating their time and getting in front of these um, with the with the associations and getting in front of these people. Mm. And we're doing it all on our own dime and our own time. Yeah. Well, that, that's one of the biggest things, isn't it, Trevor? Like people want to be heard, but if you want to be heard, you got to you got to talk. It's, Precisely. It's a simple yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, right. No one hears people that yell. You hear people that talk. Yeah, it's exactly right, Yogi. Mm. So, you know, if you want to go there with a baseball bat and try to beat people into submission, it, it won't work anymore. Um, no. well, you, well, it won't because you're just you're just clobbering the problem. You're not if you just if you just go to these things and and just blurt out all your problems, they're just going to go. Well, you're just another Winston truck driver. Mm. Yeah. What do we need to do about it? What do you need to make your job easier? And they, then they listen um, and they work through, they bring in all the other experts and they, they hash out what they, what the best solution. And, of course, with the Bruce Highway, that all comes down to money. The only reason that's probably one of the worst highways in Australia is because the money's not being directed where it needs to be directed. Mm. So once mm. you get your, your plan down... What do you reckon, Trevor? We out. need a voice. Imagine what we Who could have done with that $400 million. Mm. $400 million. Don't, don't. I thought I'd say that in the last minute of the show. Do we need a vote, Trevor? This is what oh, we need. We maybe need a we do. We need so, a vote on it. We need a vote on it. Well, we need I'll another be referendum. Him. I'll that be in Parliament House on Friday. We'll see if we can get a yeah, bring it up. Yeah, bring it up. So oh. we, uh, yeah, just another referendum. We've got the pamphlet still sitting there, and the AEC's still got the pen. Pe- uh, pe- ready to go. <laughs> I, ready to I go. Actually believe, I actually believe that we've got a voice. We've got the rest area committee with truck drivers on the rest area committee. Yeah, we've we're got, getting there. Um, we are getting there. We've got NRFA uh, members and, and our good buddy Mike there, Mike Williams, supporting Kieran the other day, getting into into Sydney and trying to solve the problem in Sydney. Um, if, if this uh, closing the loop legislation gets up, we're going to have a voice when it comes to industrial relations. In other words, we can sit down and go, hey, this, this kilometre rate isn't, isn't um, suitable for today's I think we've got a voice. We just need to be consistent. And anyone that's want to, anyone that, and not listen to the knockers, because if you listen to the knockers, you'd be necking yourself in next to no time. Correct. We've got to stay positive and and work with the tools that we got. And that is talk to your your local member. Um, Follow the websites. On, on transport ministers, when are, when are inquiries coming up? When when can we do submissions? That's the mechanism that we got. Facebook and Twitter isn't the mechanism. That's just the vent yes. or, the, or the exhaust. Do you know, you know what so that is, Trevor? That's social media. Remember that yeah. there, ladies and gentlemen. That is social media. That's it. You go there to be social. You don't go there for anything else. Mm. Yes. That's right. If you want things fixed, you go to the politicians. That's it. You go to, yeah, go to people who are going to listen Anyway, we're wrapping it up. We're brought up to the news. Are we okay, gentlemen? Do we keep going? We're up till nine. The man in the soundproof booth. Which one? You. Me. You. Craig. What do you want? Do you want a bit more time? Uh, Well, I'm I'm, I've got to. uh, I'm just about to pull up at the Merino. So. Oh, the big Rhino. I'll be, and I might, uh, I've got I'll a couple be... of things to do, so I'll drop away, but all good. That's Thank all you. right. We might, we might call it a night. We'll go to the news, but thanks, guys, for, for coming in. Thanks, Paul. Well, thanks, what, Trevor. What, 
what Thank we'll you, do, gentlemen. we'll follow up next week, Paul. If any of the listeners out there have got questions, get them to us. We're accessible. And then we'll follow up what you spoke about this week, Paul, because it was mm. very, very smart. So we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the road radio. Well, if you guys... Oh, yeah, just, my pleasure, boys. If you guys Thanks, just want to hang on the line there for a second, I'll go to the yeah. news and, um, yeah, we'll um, we'll talk to you all on Saturday night. So, maybe Friday. Maybe Friday with the... <laughs> Oh, I won't be here, man. Mate, I'll be, no, no not this Friday. Oh, Maybe oh, next Friday you'll do the Yogi and oh, Boo Boo show, oh, eh? Right. But uh, Come on. I can't, I can't produce it on Friday, mate. I'll be, um, I'm actually having dinner with my mum on on uh, Friday oh, that's night. Right. You're that's time well spent. It's her yeah. birthday, so. Chuck the news on, bud. We'll talk, talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening tonight.